welcome to another edition of the Bible in the News. This is Jonathan Bowen joining you. This week we go to what the prophet Ezekiel describes as the uttermost parts of the north. What you are hearing is the Russian National Anthem, a resurrected version of the Soviet National Anthem, adopted in the year 2000 by President Putin. This rousing music is designed to strike pride into the heart of the Russian people after a decade of depression under Yeltsin. It's a far cry more exhilarating than the Canadian National Anthem as far as music goes. The choir is singing, Be praised, our free fatherland, union of ancient fraternal peoples. By our forefathers was given the wisdom of the nation. Be praised, our land, we are proud of you. This resurgence in Russian spirit is more than musical hype. Headlines in Canada's National Post for October 1, 2007 read, Hibernating no longer, the bear reawakens. Russia is back politically. The article states, Backed by the wealth of his country's vast energy resources, Russia is the world's second largest oil exporter after Saudi Arabia. Mr. Putin has adopted a combative tone as he moves to reclaim for Russia the great power status of the Soviet predecessor. Russia is back economically as well. The article states, in 2006, Russia's gross domestic product grew by approximately 6.7%, surpassing average growth rates in all other G8 countries, making the country's seventh consecutive year of economic expansion. Russia is back militarily as well. The article highlights Russia's military reasserting itself on the international stage, citing numerous international incidents, including the scrambling of Canadian forces CF-18 Hornets to intercept long-range Russian bombers this past September. The article quotes Lieutenant General Angus Watt, Canada's chief of staff, as saying, It's not exactly a new challenge, it's an old challenge that has returned. Ezekiel described this old challenge returning when he prophesied, I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth. Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 4. It goes on to state, This year Mr. Putin announced a $200 billion U.S. seven-year armament plan to buy new missiles, planes, aircraft carriers, and submarines. He has quadrupled the defense budget since 2001 and is planning to double combat aircraft production by 2025. Jane's Defense Weekly identified spending to include strategic bombers capable of firing cruise missiles, fighter bombers, six nuclear-powered aircraft carriers, and eight ballistic missile submarines. Russia is also boasting of successfully testing the father of all bombs, the world's most powerful vacuum bomb, an airborne weapon that has the explosive power of a nuclear weapon without radioactivity. Biblically, this is all very significant. Ezekiel describes a northern confederacy as coming. All thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Ezekiel 34, verses 4 to 5. Ezekiel tells Gog, Be prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. Verse 7. 
When you look at the Hebrew meaning of the forms of the words prepared, it carries the idea of be thou arranged or established and furnish thyself with all the company that are assembled unto thee. This is a confederacy that has made a turnaround and come forth, armed to the teeth, furnished with weapons, joined by Iran, Ethiopia, and Libya. Ezekiel goes on to describe them as coming from thy place out of the uttermost parts of the north, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. Verse 15. Daniel also describes the situation. At the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots, and with horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow, and pass over. Chapter 11, verse 40. This adds the naval component to the confederacy. But where is Russia thinking to place its navy? The article continues, in August, Admiral Vladimir Masorin, the Navy's commander, announced Russia intends to re-establish a permanent naval presence in the Mediterranean, and suggested Moscow could reactivate two mothballed Cold War naval bases in the Syrian ports of Tartus and Latakia, which happened to be just up the coast from Israel. A convenient setting. But what about Mr. Putin? who is pushing for these reforms. He has to step down next March. Will the same tack be continued under a new leader? Britain's Daily Telegraph reported on October 2, 2007, ending speculations as to how the president would seek to retain power after presidential elections next March, Mr. Putin was placed at the head of the United Russia's party's list of candidates at the Congress in central Moscow. I am gratefully accept your proposal to head the United Russia list, he said to thunderous applause. As far as heading the government is concerned, this is quite a realistic suggestion. By changing the constitution to stay on as president, Mr. Putin risked the international isolation of other ex-Soviet leaders who have gone down the same route. But by becoming prime minister, Mr. Putin has found a way to retain both power and international respect. It's democratic chicanery, said a Western diplomat, the trappings of democracy without substance. This was reported by the Daily Telegraph, October 2, 2007. So on the road to authoritarian government, Mr. Putin has found a detour around democracy. However, the political wranglings of politicians don't matter, for this matter is by the decree of the watchers, and the demand by the word of the holy ones, to intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over at the basest of men. Daniel 4, verse 17. The fact of the matter is that Russia will rise to power once again. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south, America and its allies, push at him. And the king of the north, Russia and his allies, shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, Israel, and many countries shall be overthrown. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt. 
and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and to utterly make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Daniel 11, verses 40 to 45. As events around us rush toward this dramatic climax, we thank our God that we have a more sure word of prophecy, wherein till you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Second Peter 1, verse 19. We live in the last days when the God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Daniel 2, verse 44. Join us next week for another edition of The Bible in the News, www.thebibleinthenews.com.